Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Nympha Alumni. It's our first episode of 2024, so we're really happy to be back and hope that you're all having a really uh, shabby chic new year. Um, so this week's episode is all about Mormon culture. We're calling it the Mormon Culture Report. So I guess this was inspired by a few, I guess, major trends we've witnessed in the past few months that all have roots in Mormon culture. That includes the viral Stanley Cup, dirty sodas, water talk. Spicy book talk is pretty Mormon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Influencers like Nara Smith, certain hairstyles we've been seeing trends to do with like braids and, and curls. And honestly, a lot of drama online has a certain Mormon flavor to it with kind of the dark side of Mormonism coming out in a new way. Not just typically it's about, you know, sister wives and polygamy, but now we've seen it really come up in the space of of family content creation. And then I think we're also really interested in kind of the highly gendered structure of Mormon culture and how that kind of shows up in these... I guess, elements of consumer culture that have become so popular. Mm-hmm. Where should we start, guys? I mean, I kind of want to talk about Mormon baby names for a second. I feel like that's another <gasps> that's a great, big That's a great one. Yeah. That has been trending. Because I feel like in general, baby name TikTok is experiencing kind of an uptick in engagement. Um, and unique names have taken on a new life in Gen Z. We all know kind of like millennial baby names like Atticus or Gregory or something like twee ass names, but there's some Mormons that have kind of like redefined what it means to have a unique baby name. Recently, I saw a TikTok that was talking about a few interesting Mormon baby names, one of them being Trendy, the other Truly Eclair. Um, And then there's like this, this Mormon boy name. This is a boy name, which is Atmosphere. Ooh, that's good. So I just feel like a boy name Atmosphere is really interesting and cool. Um, And I kind of one of the things I like about Mormon culture is that there's hoes out here naming their kid Trendy. Like, I think that's cool. (laughs) But (laughs) there's just a lot of kind of like discourse about the theatrics of Mormon culture. I think that it's quite a theatrical religion for some reason. And I guess in the way that we see it the most culturally now is through domestic theater, almost like the performance of domesticity through certain influencers that kind of get online and do get ready with knees and a day in the life of, and they're all 20 years old and have seven kids and are somehow living these perfectly picturesque lives that look like something out of I don't know, like Stepford Wives, but like, I don't know, something like that. Like Target Collection or something. Target Collection of Stepford Wives. Exactly, yeah. It's really interesting because I feel like up until fairly recently, like Mormons kind of have been lumped in with other like fundamentalist Christian sects, like Amish and like Mennonites. Like people just always assumed that they were kind of backwards and had like fringe beliefs and we're so separate from society but I think like with social media we're seeing that they integrate really well and like just have a lot of practices that 
are like becoming enviable and I have like with the baby nasal like an element of creativity and whimsy and just like swag to them that's really built different like they don't even wear long dresses and maybe I can make this an anecdote through like a random religious connection I went to um an LTS young single adults conference at the church in Manhattan which was essentially just like an all-day thing of like people going up and doing their testimonies and talking about like I don't know, just giving like testimonies about being a young single adult and like what their callings were. And I don't know why I was like undercover here. It was really strange. But I was told like, you know, cover your shoulders and like wear something like modest. And I wore the most like Rachel Berry ass outfit, like a long skirt and a cardigan and a headband and like ballet flats. And I show up and all the girls are really serving cunt. Like they're wearing a lot of short skirts and tall boots, a lot of like really nicely tailored kind of like pseudo Chanel skirt suits and tweed. And like, they just looked so good and like, not even like, I guess they were modest in that like, they just weren't wearing like club wear, but I realized they're not even like, they're cool now. It's crazy. And like stylish. Yeah. And they all had really great hair. And I was just like, God, like, like, I would just want to be friends with these girls, you know? I, I think mm-hmm. they've, I don't know if they've intentionally, like, reoriented in this way, but even the guys were, like, they didn't even have that corny, non-denominational, like, Chelsea boot swag. Like, they were kind of just looking, like, almost a little Bushwick. Hmm. I love this point because I think it's honestly why we're making this episode. Because uh, I think we are talking about, like, how Mormon culture has reoriented itself to be a bit more cool because obviously like Mormons, I guess we'll talk about this quite a lot in the episode. Like Mormons historically have like formed a, like a disproportionate amount of Mormons are influencers essentially. But mm-hmm. out of this new generation, there's one person who I would like to talk about a lot today uh, named Nara Smith. And I think she really speaks to exactly what you just described, Alexi, mm-hmm. in terms of, I think defining what Mormonism is becoming, at least in like a broader sense and like with a more diverse audience. And we can talk more about Nara and why she's unique. But I think the biggest thing is that she's visually contrasting from the stereotypical image of a Mormon woman or a Mormon influencer. And the main thing there is like, she's not white. She's half South African, half German. And then she also, her style is... I think not what you typically associate with Mormonism. Obviously it has some elements. It tends to be like a bit more modest and it has a sort of cozy sensibility to it because she spends a lot of time in the home. But I think overall this comment that I saw from actually a Reddit snark influencer snark forum (laughs) seemed kind of like accurate. Well, I guess to preface this, she is married to Lucky Blue Smith, who is a famous male model who peaked in the mid-2010s. But um, so this comment is talking about him. She makes him insane amount of food. Also gives off trad wife vibes, but cool girl at the same time. So I feel like that's like the most interesting thing happening right now is that element of trad wifery that honestly I think is just becoming more and more popular right now, even though we've been talking about it for obviously years. But then mixing in elements of having something that like signals a bit more contemporary culture, like Nara having like a a cool bob, to be honest, versus having, you know, curled hair. 
-hmm. Her mom is crazy. Mm -hmm. And even the way she speaks, there's something about it that still has Mormon values because it's very soft and feminine. But it's just maybe not as visually jarring as some people have find, you know, the type of white woman who has a child named Trendy, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, it's not lobotomized. She's definitely very energetic or she just feels full of life or something. Yeah, it's very soothing. Very, very soothing. She has these ASMR-esque videos. And I think a lot of times when Mormon women make these ASMR kind of cooking videos, people are like, oh my God, this is so creepy. But there's nothing uncanny or lobotomy chic about Nara Smith. She just seems very naturally in tune with her environment. She makes a lot of bread. She makes a lot of pastries, which is very Mormon, I feel. I mean, I will say... It does feel a little lobotomized, like that one TikTok of hers that everyone's making fun of, where she was like, "Guys, this is my crazy late night snack craving," and it's like it's like sliced up apples. Yeah. Also, I saw one that like I think she has to be trying to be kind of absurd because there was one that was like, she was like, "My daughter woke me up and really wanted a PB and J," and then she proceeds to like make bread and peanut butter from scratch, and then it's like, okay, by the time you give your kid the PB and J, like you've had bread rising for like two hours like what the hell I feel like that just can't be real I definitely think Mormons also how is Lucky Blue Smith eating so much he's really skinny first of all he's got the Mormon metabolism the Mormon metabolism is a real thing actually I don't know I've just never seen an overweight Mormon person to be fair I haven't either but I think it's like she for her, her Thanksgiving video she made him his own chicken like she made chicken for some reason instead of turkey and she made him like his own whole chicken yeah he eats like his own separate portions it's crazy yeah Yeah. i think it is just mormons have very high metabolism they're very outdoorsy types because they're in utah and they're also sober which i think is behind a lot of the 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 lack of obesity Obesity. and Um, I mean, I think also more than anything, it's like they're just an extremely image conscious culture and it like ties into their their values of believing that you should, you know, have a really invest into your physical appearance in an homage to your faith and to your to your God. Um, Yeah. But Lucky Blue Smith, I mean, I think there's a couple things here like Lucky. I've definitely been a I've been interested in him for years, like what he represents, I think. But then. This is the most basic kind of comparison, but I honestly feel that the fact that he looks like the kind of second lead character of the new Hunger Games movie, Coriolanus Snow. Like I'm like, oh, we, yeah. yeah, like it's 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 Lucky Blue Smith season again. Yeah, he has. It's Lucky Blue Smith o'clock, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but true. yeah, Nara, Nara is like really interesting because she's really quite young. She's 22. Um, I think more, I think Lucky is like 26 or 27. But beyond that, she actually, uh, the, in terms of like the lobotomy aspect, I have seen more and more people questioning her agency, basically, which is something she caveats in every video being like, you know, I cook this much because she cooks usually three or more from scratch meals a day because I want to not because I have to and I love cooking but people have been questioning her agency also because she met Lucky on Instagram when she was I think 18 or maybe a little younger and then they got married after six months of dating 
and then had a child nine months later. Wow. And they were long distance and only met a few times before he proposed. Oh my God. And got married when she was 18 years old. So people are, I think, maybe a bit more used to seeing that pattern in the context of people that grew up in Mormonism, but she didn't. Like I said, she's from Germany and wasn't previously Mormon. So I think there's something about her that people are like, is this the life that she wants? And I guess it's hard for them to maybe accept that, but then also they really admire, I think, her, how high functioning she seems, both in terms of aesthetics aesthetics and this idea of like lifestyle labor that I've been thinking a lot about when understanding, understanding like Mormon influencers and the trends they create. Yeah, I think this is kind of a side tangent, but the fact that she caveats all of her videos with basically what amounts to her being like, I'm choosing this lifestyle and no one's forcing me to do this type thing. I think it really speaks to how I think like domestic spaces and heterosexual relationships have become the newest form of like cultural war discourse, you know, especially on TikTok. I think there's almost like a war unfolding when it comes to like heterosexual relationships. And I think that's kind of a consequence of like us turning domestic spaces into a stage and kind of like what you're saying biz with like lifestyle labor and kind of like that high functioning aesthetic really triggers something in people. And I don't really know if I have like a much deeper opinion than that. I just find it like interesting that like kind of like heterosexual relationships have become this like new form of like cultural discourse. It's very much like kind of like manosphere, but for women these days, you know what I mean? It's also very confrontational to young women, like Gen Z women, because she's what, 23 like, mm-hmm. I think it's the first time that we're really seeing, like, you can be this age and have multiple children. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she's expecting her third child. Um, yeah. She was born, I think, in 2002, maybe. In 2002? Whoa. She's, I think she's 22. Sense. Yeah, it's just, like, we... I don't know. I think Gen Z is still under the thumb of a lot of, like, millennial stuff of being a bit of an adult baby and like being independent for longer and like just can't ration with this idea of like choosing to have so many dependents at that age <laughs> yeah <laughs> also it's like nara smith talks and, like, literally her shit devoting you know herself I mean? to them completely yeah she, she, she really so talks her shit like boop. she mm-hmm. does look like betty boop she has the voice and face of like a disney princess and, mm-hmm. and she's also, so international. Yes, she she has this crazy amount of lore because she's not American. But if you watch her video, you might think she is because she doesn't have like discernible or obvious European accent. And her voice, literally, this is what this is what I kept thinking of. Her voice sounds like someone who actually has the voice from that awful Princess Nokia clip where she's talking about <laughs> being a little girl. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. She does but have that voice. Her house is so clean too. Like and. It's just, like, making all of that food and having zero mess is, like, so absurd. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a space. She has a lot of square footage. Nara? Well, they actually live in Texas now, um, which is interesting, in I think. They do. Damn. Apparently, for the reasons many people move to Texas, the more affordable lifestyle, I guess, than, than and being in Utah. But... Nara, I was saying that she talks her shit. And I think that's why people find her to be 
uh, somewhat triggering because obviously we see so many people online being like, oh my, like, you know, I just saw someone tweet earlier today, like, I want to have, um, I need to find a man who's on board with my five-year plan so we can have three children before, before I turn 30 or something. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like people talking about the idea of getting with someone and having children young. But I think she it's, actually it's did more it. of like a, it feels kind of fanfic because I always see girls in the comments, like not really craving that life, but they're like, damn, like if I had a husband like that, like I would serve him too. Kind of like those memes of like, I don't cook, I don't clean, but then it's like a really hot guy and they're like, let me get my ass in the kitchen type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's complicated though. Cause like people also think lucky is kind of a bomb. Like, um, in the, in the way that they think he's hot, but then. She's obviously, you know, cooking these three meals. And then I saw someone talking about how she asked him to go to the grocery store with her because it's like her favorite activity. <laughs> and and she's like, like a toothpick in his mouth the whole time. Yeah. And she's like, my husband, my husband like does so much for me. That sort of thing. But honestly, I hope that they have a happy marriage and that I hope she's not lonely. Like she's European. She's in the middle of Texas. But maybe yeah, the, the Mormons. I don't think she does, like, actually, and not a mean way, not a judgmental way. But mm-hmm. I think immediately marrying someone who is from an insular culture but is also famous, it might be hard to make connections outside of that circle. But maybe she's, she has friends, you know, he has sisters. He's got a few. Yeah, it does seem like they've left society a little bit. Totally. I, mean, I feel like the Mormon church seems to have like a lot of like insular kind of like socializing events. So she probably, whatever temple she goes to has women that she kind of interacts with, but it's more of a question of whether or not she can even like relate to that coming from such a different environment. And like, honestly, two or three years getting married and having two kids and moving across the world in two years is kind of a lot of changes very quickly. Yeah, you I know? agree. I'm sure it really affects her, but the Instagram DM situation ship to like marriage pipeline. I mean, it's very Mormon. They seems. need to make that into a movie for sure. Yeah, it's, I, I think it's just like the minimalism and like. Uh, yeah, Lucky Blue. I mean, he has a child with another woman named Stormy Bree, and they got together and had a baby when I think he was 18 and she was 27. Yeah. So there's like all sorts of weird reproduction age gaps and yeah everyone wants to ascribe victimhood to like everyone in this scenario Um, i know i know stormy brie who he has the 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 little girl gravity with um and then his children with nara are named rumble honey and slim easy slim easy is so funny i think it's so cool to name your kid something like that i think it's really funny and awesome yeah but it was it's quite on par with him because he's obviously always represented a certain nostalgia for the James Dean era of Americana. That's all he self-styles. And even when he was styled in, you know, editorials, he often looks that way. But someone commented like slim easy, like slim shady. And then she responded back, Nara responded back and said, No, slim, like the old traditional men's nickname. <laughs> and I thought that was like the cutest comment. Oh my God. That's also, funny. the other thing is like the first videos I saw of her is that I feel like the reason her content like has a really different tone is because she's like always prefacing it by being like, I'm just, I just enjoy documenting like the things that I do for the people I love. Like I think she doesn't have an end goal as an influencer. 
Well, but that here, is kind of get... like a lot of the secret domestic labor thing is like a lot of the people who end up like shilling the trad lifestyle and like selling this fantasy to the public, like the secret undertone is like they're making money from TikTok. So it's not like the guy is like a total provider. Like the woman is also working by yes. documenting all of this stuff. But well, for some reason, I, would... I, I don't register. I don't know. Does Nara Smith like need the money? Like, I feel like she actually does it out of like the goodness of her heart. And like, she makes such, I don't know, like her kids eat so well and they just seem polite and like, they can't, it's like actually perfect. It scares me how much I, I need want, it. I want to like get into this actually. Cause like when it comes to documenting family life, there's like a serious Mormon cultural tie to this. I haven't, there's a shit ton of articles that have been written since the earliest I found was in 2006 of like, why are so many influencers Mormon? And I kind of like compiled a list of like reasons that a lot of them are um, Mormon. You know, one of them being like, um, women are encouraged to stay home as much as possible, but they're also really taught to be industrious and ambitious and really go-getters. And so most Mormon women have some sort of MLN stay-at-home jobby type thing that's like really common in Utah. Um, and also like there's this Allure article that Biz linked that's really good. We should talk about that more. But um, there's this quote from a Mormon influencer where she's talking about how like one thing we're taught is sales and marketing. Think about it. Mormon missionaries are always knocking on doors. You're taught to get involved in your community. Never be afraid to talk to strangers. So I feel like a lot of this sort of um, this, this sort of like domestic kind of documentation of family life comes from a way to almost like kind of proselytize to the public. And also something I did not see talked about directly is that the LDS church really values like genealogy, archiving family life, documenting family life. For example, there's the largest genealogical archive known to man, I think it's stored in this like Bond villain-esque vault on the side of a mountain by the LDS church. And it's like insane amounts of de genealogical information. And people of the Mormon church are really encouraged to delve into their genealogies. I think you have to do that to make like, sure you're not inbred though. No, it's like, it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's used as like a way to kind of like seal your family ties in the afterlife. It's like a complicated thing. I won't get into the details of that, but like you can also baptize people after they've passed away into the Mormon church. And like Mormons believe that like a dead person can either reject or accept that baptism. And so all of this genealogical information is used in like baptismal ceremonies of people's kind of like genealogy. And so the church just puts a huge emphasis on it, on the documentation of family life and family history and having a connection to like your old ancestors. So I just feel like Mormons have this sort of like weird cultural tie to this. And there's like other stuff too, where like the Mormon church really kind of owns an enormous amount of like cultural material, like a lot of like kind of first edition books, a lot of art. But yeah, that, that just seems like, I think a little bit like all of this, like kind of like influencing and documenting a family life and publishing it. It seems like both a way to kind of like <laughs> testify to the world that like Mormonism is so much fun. And like, look at how perfect your life can be if you're Mormon. And then also a way to kind of like document all that stuff for future use <laughs> of like whatever generation comes next, you know? Yeah. I find that a lot of uh, kind of fundamentalist or more extreme Christian denominations have a lot of internal infrastructure. Like, for example, Bob Jones University, 
which is a evangelical um, university. And also it has its whole community. You know, it's not just a university. They start education from preschool and they have their own printing press and stuff like that. They also are, have like a, a collection of significant art as well. And they have like, yeah, really developed internal operations essentially but i wouldn't be surprised if they had something kind of similar with genealogy or that sort of documentation yeah it seems like yeah i think we see these new churches because mormonism is relatively a new religion (laughs) you kind of have to really grind to make sure that you're legitimized in the eyes of the public you know and they grind like crazy yeah and i guess the passion as well that people feel inspires them to do that like we have to we have to keep this going yeah the uh the mormon history thing is so weird i got like super deep into i was like really researching mormonism because it's such a esoteric and strange religion and i really wanted to get it right and like there's just like so much like i i I really tried to understand where mormons try like why mormons are so interested in like presentation, fashion, culture. And I was really struck because no matter how fundamentalist or progressive Mormonism is, they all shared these like similar trends. Like I think they have a really strong cultural sense of trendiness. Aesthetically, Mormonism is like so strong and we can kind of get into that as well. Like, you know, even with the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, right? Like the Warren Jeffs sort of sister wives thing of the early 2000s, aesthetically, that was so striking. They had their braids, they had their Batsheva ass, like, prairie dresses on and you know all the pastels and strange photographs that they took of each other very like popular on tumblr amongst kind of like picnic at hanging rock ass girls but um also like you know we think of mormon missionaries and their uniforms they just have such strong aesthetics and when i would like look into the reasons behind these aesthetics i thought that they would have these like really strong and complex religious explanations but they often didn't like the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints women who are the sister wives of Warren Jeffs who had this, those like crazy bulbous like pioneer ass braids. I was like wondering why their hair was so unique. And of course they have this thing where they can't cut their hair, but like the unique hairstyle is really interesting. And when Oprah interviewed these women, they were just like, oh no, it's just like the trend. It's just like really trendy <laughs> to wear your hair like this. And so it just feels like it speaks. And also, you know, uh, uh, on the progressive side, Mormon hair influencers, Mormon braids, people like Amber Fillerup Clark, who I actually really like that influencer. They also all have like really similar hair. And I just feel like it kind of speaks to how like there's this really strong culture of conformity within the Mormon church and things catch on really quickly and everybody copies each other. There's like so many other examples about this that I could get into as well, but I want to hear what I, you guys think. I forgot <laughs> that the, the hair braiding vertical is like honestly the proto-Mormon influencer pipeline for a lot of like young girls because I feel like there was always a girl like girls who get really into hair braiding like of course they looked it up on YouTube to like find hair braiding tutorials and like Mormons run that shit mm-hmm. like crazy I think there's like a whole family of girls I don't even remember their names who made that style of content and like turned it into an empire yeah even even the FLDS women do hair tutorials on YouTube like YouTube hair tutorials is part of Mormon female culture like it's like no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. I feel like the braids act as some sort of weird, like secondary sex characteristic um, that has to do with 
the distinction of gender within Mormonism. Like I think it, it's like it's almost like not a an, animal list. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Like it, it just because I guess when you're dressing so plainly, right? Being able to differentiate yourself through having really well kept hair or being able to adorn yourself via like an intricate braid. That seems like it would be important in the context of when it was more common for Mormon women to wear uh, really modest high neck dresses. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it kind of gives like a mating ritual, like peacocking. Yes, a bit, exactly. You know I mean? like, yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to be conspiracy theorist, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of institutional push behind like the rebranding of Mormonism oh, as yeah. like a soft power, just because it's it did happen very dramatically that like the cultural conception of Mormonism has changed so so radically from when we were children. Um, when you really did associate with it with prairie dresses and braids, and now it has a totally different uh aesthetic and I I know I, I know a lot of that is like organic. But I'm sure that the church is pleased this is happening. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I think it organically happened at first, but I see a lot of people on like r slash ex-Mormon, which I browsed a lot this week in preparation for this episode, that were talking about how like they worked in the church and yeah, these influencers were definitely getting paid by the church mm. for certain things, you know, like it, I think it initially it was something organic because again like women are encouraged to kind of like participate in these sort of like stay-at-home jobs you know and yeah you know that's sort of like the beauty aspect of mormonism which is like your body is a temple but you respect it by being like super pretty at all at all times you know that type of thing like i think naturally when mormon women and the documenting of like family life i when mormon women naturally gravitated towards influencing but it probably blew up because it gained them a lot of like approval and also kind of like power within the church structure you know I guess one thing that kind of confuses me and maybe you guys can speak to it is like I don't quite get their mode of like what their future plan is like do they want everyone to be Mormon or are they trying to conserve like like do they have like a eugenic kind of path or I don't know like they do outreach in like the global south and stuff like that but I've never had a Mormon actually knock on my door and like try to convert me that's happened to me before one time. I, that only happened to me once when I was like a kid. I think their missionaries just want to get people to be like generally Christian and like accept Christ, but they don't want to turn other people into Mormons. You know what I mean? No, they definitely do want to turn you into a Mormon. Like oh. they have, that's like their number one, I think, goal as a church is like, that's like their biggest enterprise is conversion. Um, hmm. And like, yeah, I like every single Mormon. Me. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know what yeah I mean maybe now people are just like when you went to that thing and people either that Mormon gathering people probably assumed that you're a Mormon and if they didn't know they were probably just shy because everyone's shy now but um yeah Mormons are not taught to be or taught to speak to kind of strangers you know and every single Mormon has to I think if you grow up in the Mormon church you have to go on your mission um, which is crazy because on Pinterest, on the Pinterest board, I just found like all of these like Mormon missionary photo, like missionary, like location announcement, photo shoot kind of inspiration ideas that are really cool. Um, but yeah, like they're, you know, they're not going to stop until everyone's Mormon, I think. 
you guys know about like the Mormons in the in the government thing? Oh yeah, like the FBI Mormon thing. Like yeah, how there's, like, it's a, hard for me just, to kind of like check that, but I guess it is like their language skills because Muslims speak a second language from doing missionary work. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I feel like just their <laughs> kind of like institutional or like organizational competency is like kind of their strong point because that's like you guys mentioned, like the MLM thing, like why they fall into that so easily is because they're just like really good at like organizing and following instructions. Yeah. Yeah. They're very conformist. Yeah. And they also have like really low risk lifestyle. So I feel like that's why they allegedly are good for government work because like background checking them is super easy. They like don't really have much going on. Yeah. They're just the craziest thing they ever did was drink too much soda at the Italian soda bar at their friend's wedding. <laughs> Italian <laughs> at their friend's soda. like 18 year old wedding. Italian soda bar is so good. I feel like it sounds like Bar Italia. Bar Italia. Yeah. <laughs> the Mountain West is so up. Yeah, it really is. But we talked about that in the Aspen episode. Like, I feel like Kanye's vibe is like he's trying to get really Mountain Wested out. I really do want to get into the sort of like Mormon fashion and like fashionable aesthetics within Mormonism. I mean, first of all, I was really struck by how pioneer-esque a lot of Mormon fashion was. Like Ballerina Farm, of course, she lives a pioneer-ass lifestyle. Also the pioneer-ass dresses from the FLDS, the Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. And then also just kind of, yeah, a lot of these Mormons that, like there's this one girl, what's her name? She's got these like striking, terrifying blue eyes. She lives in like Hawaii. I forget her name. Low Beeston. She kind of gives me a tropical pioneer vibe. And I realized like the reason <laughs> why is because obviously Mormonism started in the pioneer age. And I won't get into the details of like Mormon history in the pioneer age, but it is like so wacky, like so, so wacky. There's like three Mormon wars, like major wars in America. <laughs> And they had this like, yeah, like they call them the Mormon Wars. It started because like, I think whenever they were in Illinois, I believe they were starting this new religion and people really hated the Mormons at the time. And they assassinated Joseph Smith. And so Brigham Young led this like infamous wagon train across the Midwest and landed in, in Utah, you know? And so I just feel like the pioneer vibe and the historical pioneer vibe is really strong. And the Mormon church has tons of articles about like the pioneering principles, you know, which felt very much like the Calvinist tulip to me, but like less official. But I just feel like if you're going to be like trad Mormon and you're going to really value like the history of Mormon culture, you know, you're probably going to start cosplaying as like a pioneer little house on the prairie ass lady, you know? That's lucky Blue Smith and his wife moving to Texas. (laughs) They're like hitching up their wagon from the soda shop. Heading to Austin. <laughs> are they in Austin? I don't know where they are. I don't want anyone to know where so they crazy. are. I They're feel definitely like they in like North Texas, pr- like Dallas or something. Yeah, I honestly, like I, I couldn't even identify that their home was in Texas because it really falls in line with what the interior of most Mormon homes looks like, which is like minimalist, neutral, targeted out, and spacious. Yeah. Which I imagine Texas is also really good for that type of construction. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of spacious new builds with millennial gray walls and perfectly white marble kitchen islands. It would be so fucked up if, like, Mormons start 
migrating to Texas because there's already been the migration of like people from Los Angeles and from the tech industries to Texas. And then like throwing Mormonism yeah, in people is, need to Mormonism is so funny. <laughs> well, people don't get it because the thing is, is li- the lifestyle in Texas is pretty affordable if you don't own a home. But we have the highest property taxes out of anybody in the United States. Yeah. Like lucky it's actually blue, not lucky, that cheap here. Lucky Blue Smith be renting. He's a tenant. Yeah, he's definitely renting. He's saving money because he doesn't have to bleach his hair anymore. No, literally. <laughs> he's I know that upkeep was crazy. Yeah, his wife face is so crazy. Yeah, him being a father, just I, I think that's the other thing that like doesn't add up about it is because like we just think of two parent families being like way older, but like him being like a father father is just weird as hell. I think people yeah. just like don't I, the real agenda is that like you can continue to be like a beautiful young person and a parent at the same time in a way that like they don't read as parents at all. So I think people are gonna be really excited for that. I will say Lucky Blue Smith, like, his face is sagging, which is why you read in the comments section, people say, like, is that Lucky Blue Smith? And that's a way that, you know, it obviously looks like him, but because he doesn't have his 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 bleach blonde hair anymore. But they still look fabulous. But he also like, like, got famous when he was literally, like, 12. Like, he was so young. Yeah, he was young. He was very young um, and sprightly. Should we talk about Taylor Frankie Paul? Oh, yeah. So we mentioned this in the intro, but traditionally, the sense of uh, unease, I suppose, or strange fascination with Mormonism tends to do with, like, sister wives, polygamy. But now, actually, through Mormons becoming so entrenched in the influencer sphere and content creation, a new side of it has opened up, which is Sam made this really interesting scale, which I believe is from class to crass. Class when to it comes crass, to Mor- yeah. Yeah, when it comes to Mormonism. But this addresses kind of the disreputable side of Mormonism that also on the very, very severe side has to do with like domestic abuse and child abuse but Sam why don't you take us through your scale because that's an interesting organizing principle yeah I really wanted to create a spectrum of Mormon content I think there's a lot of stuff in between here and I do have an affinity for some of the crass things like crass to me is like the Jerry Springer-esque shot content that's made for clickbait right I think my favorite one of these is the dirty soda trend, which obviously like is crass because it's just like throwing a bunch of like milk and sugar into a soda. Um, But I think that that's really cool. And I hope that that is something that becomes adopted in non-Mormon culture as well. Um, But there's also like soaking discourse, Mormon underwear discourse, um, man on the street, but at BYU. And then that's so good. Like that type of thing. I forgot about the black kids at BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the BYU discourse is very, very strong right now. Influencer child abuse watch accounts. There's like thousands of accounts on both TikTok and YouTube where it's basically dedicated entirely to like exposing Mormon influencers for their child abuse behavior, which worked because of recently something that made the headlines was Eight Passengers, I think was a YouTube channel. Um mm-hmm. People were trying to get her arrested for child abuse for a long time, and she finally was. It was very, very sad. But yeah, Taylor Frankie Paul, I feel like, is the queen of the Mormon crass. 
if for those who don't know, she went super viral during the pandemic because she would make these clickbaity videos of her saying that she was Mormon, but also she was a swinger and that she was actually 52 years old instead of 30, like just mm-hmm. kind of lying constantly. She's constantly bathed in millennial gray. She's got this sort of like Pixar-esque face. You could just see it in her eyes that she's crazy. And she was also arrested last year for domestic violence. So she, her vibe, you know, and she also makes these like clickbaity ass videos of her being like time to clean my depression home. And like her home is just like so dirty and gross and really, really shocking. And she has kids and she's like, you know, it, it's just very concerning content. She's currently pregnant with this guy who seems to be like an ex drug addict frat boy. And they're like in a really toxic relationship. Um, oh my god and people on reddit are always going at her for having a band-aid baby <laughs> with this guy no. also on her ass about having a high maintenance dog that she doesn't um take good care of which is like i don't know why people not that i don't know why people care about it so much but like when it comes to pets like people go crazy about like quote-unquote abuse they say that it's abusive that she doesn't brush her dog enough well this is what i'm saying is this like domestic like like the domestic space is a stage has become the new, like, kind of culture war location. Like, people are just, like, fighting over people's homes and, like, their pets and the Mm -hmm. way that they cook and the way that they, you know, it's just, we need to stop bringing cameras into homes, you know, I feel like. It's just, it's such a historically, I mean, maybe, I don't know if it is historically condemnable, but, like, it feels way better to condemn someone for, not taking care of their child than to be like you're whack or something or to criticize them for other things i'm thinking specifically about acacia brindley who's not mormon oh but, my god um she is a good example like of someone who of the car. <laughs> yeah who had crazy. what sam is saying like the domestic space playing out in terms of the culture wars i suppose really be a major point of contention and how people see her but anyways she's so anti nara smith like everyone is always complaining about how messy her car is now her hair extensions look bad and stuff like that yeah you know like there's people always talk about like people who look really clean like obviously nara smith is exactly that and acacia is someone who always looks dirty no matter what Mm -hmm. and she always has clumpy mascara well maybe she doesn't but i think when you've seen pictures of someone during their awkward stage, which is when she first became popular on Tumblr, you can always see like a figment of that, like floating over their face or something. Yeah. But I wish her the best. Like, she left her husband, I believe. Yeah, that was another like trying to pin the tail on the victim situation because people were like, oh, her husband's abusive, but she's abusing her kids. And they're abusing the cat and like I just don't even know what was going the on. The kids, the kids are abusing the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, she had some kind of like I feel like she had like a gecko or something, and that people were oh, like, "This tank is too gosh. small." Like that's literally everyone's favorite game to play. Yeah. No, I'm like, how? Do, wait, oh I'm like, you guys God. know about that? I'm like, I don't know what size a gecko's tank is supposed her. to be. I'm on the Taylor Frankie Paul subreddit, and there, there are people being like, "I am a doodle expert, and this is animal abuse." Like it's crazy. <laughs> They're a doodle expert. Like, yeah, she has a golden doodle. I guess. Now, like. People seriously oh, yeah. need to just film their vlog. Right that- I grew multiple doodles daily. Like, what? Like, <laughs> why are you on here? The alliteration, no. that was crazy. <laughs> like, I love her. Like, 
I have been noticing this, <gasps> noticing this a lot in like the comment section where I think like Gen Z, this isn't a new thing, but like Gen Z is like pretending to have expertise because I saw this woman talk about her ectopic pregnancy and how she didn't know she mm-hmm. was pregnant. And then I saw all these TikTok co- uh, accounts that had like anime profile pictures being like I gave birth to a baby in a toilet and stuff like that and I was like I was like surely they didn't like no people I have love to be lying to that, dude. Yeah. yeah no I think it's a, it's the most natural impulse when you're young to do that online but it does crack me up to see it from a distance yeah, I, mean, I guess I see a lot of stuff like that because I'm I'm on like the Korea boo side of the internet like you know, like, actual Korean girls will be, like, posting their experience about, like, going to a club in Hongdae or something, and then, like, some random, like, K-pop idol PFP girl will be like, girl, I know, when guys try to talk to me in the club, I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) yeah, I think they are just doing roleplay, but roleplaying as a doodle expert on Reddit is just another level. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, oh, that's so funny. (sighs) Doodle experts are totally real, though. Golden doodle. Yeah, I feel like golden doodles are the most controversial dog. They're so sure. controversial. So, so they much, do. They do. There's some blood, someone blood needs to study them over those. Yeah, yeah. Some someone needs to study them for sure, and like get to the yeah. bottom of their problems. We and... need to do a documentary with Taylor Frankie Balls Doodle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, she's she's a human embodiment of millennial gray to me. Like, no wonder she's so crazy. Like, it's like the yellow wallpaper, you know? She, like, covers her house in millennial gray. All she wears is millennial gray sweatsuits. Yeah, it's kind of like sensory deprivation. I don't know very much about, like, Mormon mental health statistics. I know about Mormon plastic surgery clinic statistics because they have, like, more per capita or something. Not per capita, but relative to the population of Salt Lake City or something than they do in L.A. But... Yeah, I don't really know much about their interiority besides looking at people like Taylor, Frankie Paul, and really seeing that side. Well, we were actually talking about this earlier as well. Like, I actually, like, know a ton of people from Utah, ex-Mormons, Mormons, etc. And there is, like, a certain preacher's daughter aspect that comes out with like ex-Mormon girls sometimes being really I guess sexually promiscuous which I think is certainly the the energy that comes from Taylor Frankie Paul yeah she's giving son of a preacher man (laughs) no ex-mos end up being like weird in their own way and they have their own like content vertical where they just like talk about how weird it was to be Mormon like religious trauma and they definitely talk about mental illness a lot yeah, I would love to talk about Stanley Cups. That is probably mm-hmm. the biggest cultural artifact of Mormonism in 2023, 2024. That's on the I class see. side of the spectrum of my class to class spectrum. Oh, it is on the class, the class side? It's on the class side. Because I feel like to <coughs> me, even though Stanley Cups, it's not like I would be like, oh, this is the classiest thing on the market. But I feel like the classy Mormon spectrum side of the spectrum is the stuff that keeps Mormonism legitimized in the public eye and afloat aesthetically and I feel like Stanley Cups have really helped legitimize Mormon content as something that like is useful but that that's could be controversial up up for debate I think well I understand what you mean they're in an interesting position right now because 
of the frenzy that they've inspired and the content people have posted of Black Friday-esque antics to get Stanley Cups, which I think is pushing them towards the crass side. But this is a new mm. development because obviously people have yeah. been collecting them, but we've reached we've reached a fever pitch where you know the Target employees are filming them running to the the kiosk to get the <laughs> Valentine's Day cup. Yeah, I it's crass to wait in line like that, and it's crass to have a ton of them. But I think it's actually really class to have one that you trick out. Yeah, yeah mine. I don't have a Stanley cup. I have a Stanley water bottle, but it fell on a spiral staircase and it is doing fine. <laughs> like, if I don't know, really high not spiral like staircase. Down in the spiral. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, like, fell down, like, a lighthouse. <laughs> like, a lighthouse <laughs> on <the> staircase. <laughs> um, in New Did Jersey. Did you, like, go back down and pick it up? I mean, I Jackson would just wait until, like, it. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but cold water is really fabulous, and it, it, is delicious so I understand why people want it but I also have seen I guess in conjunction to influencers specifically when Stanley first started gaining traction there was like a coalition of I don't even know if it was an agency or if it was an independent organization of like female influencers but they basically got Stanley to take women seriously as a demographic for their products, which is interesting. Like they kind of like lobbied mm. Stanley. They did. Which is kind of so true. Cool. Cause they got what they wanted, which is like Stanley cups in a thousand colors. Mm-hmm. But I actually like, whilst I do love cold water and leak proof objects, I feel sad because I, I think women deserve to have trinkets and things that are not pieces of steel that you use to like have be more hydrated so that you're more beautiful and feel better about yourself it's too utilitarian for my liking for it to be like I'm like you should collect stamps like a traditional Mormon like as in like scrapbooking materials yeah or um coins i think coins coins because it's also just i just i just don't want people to collect things that are like so utilitarian i think it's way cooler to have a collection that isn't like in a folder somewhere yeah yeah you can can display those but i don't know wait did someone already talk about the stanley cup that survived the fire no but we should oh i know yeah no we haven't yet but yeah that was like kind of i think their original like hype came from that this woman posted a tiktok about how her car like exploded into flames and (laughs) the ice in her stanley cup was like still perfectly cold (laughs) like the only item that survived in her car was her stanley tumbler and it looked perfect beautiful um and then like i think stanley like the ceo like stitched her tiktok or something and they bought her a new car which is awesome they um, bought her a new car. That's so open. Her car was, like, is... actually went to shit, though. Like, it literally fucking exploded. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that... Very impressive. I also... That's giving Shark Tank, re- though. Like, it's too good to be true. Yeah. Like, you put that shit in there. Um, they exploded the, the car. Explosion. They did a, yeah, they're, they're, like, like, <laughs> they're like, girl, put some ice in your Stanley Cup and let's explode your car right now. <laughs> <laughs> they used, like, a pipe bomb. <laughs> yeah, they did some IRA car bombing on her. <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. I'm also thinking about how like it's kind of pioneer-esque for Mormon women to be obsessed with like water bottles because it to me it gives like canteen. You know what I mean? Like you're like walking around totally the prairie yes. with with a canteen strapped to your <sighs> body. You know what I mean? To, yeah. Someone I honestly think the next thing is like an actual canteen like that that's made out of like an animal organ. Oh yeah. And it's shaped like ergonomically. Yeah, I think the rigidness like of, a pigskin. Or- like a yes. like a bladder, yeah, like a horn, like yeah, a something horn. that feels almost like Cronenbergian, where like it conforms to your body and it's like an external organ. Because it's obviously a huge flaw that the human body doesn't have like a store of water. Yeah, like the camel hump. We need like a yeah. camel hump, like an an airplane neck pillow, but it's full of water and you can drink from it. Oh, I think your that does back, exist. Backpack. I think I saw something like that at, at REI. Oh, like, so you just, you just <laughs> yeah. want a beer hat. You just want a beer hat. Like, to, like <laughs> a beer hat with like crazy straws. Yeah. Oh, no, I think at REI they do sell those type of, of things for like true hikers that like wear tech wear. And, or a lot of like yeah. those types of jackets will come with like a light straw inserted into it weirdly. Or I don't know. I feel like this is going to get into the um, like once outdoor places start kind of targeting because yeah stanley obviously was like an outdoor slash fireman slash like hiker thing or camper and i think a lot of the stuff that they sell at rei or at whole earth provisions would be good to sell to the general public in target but it's going to get into some sort of like grand cultural discourse about uh actual hike versus urban hike you know what i mean yeah it's the fact is it just sucks holding stuff when you're walking around in like the city yeah there's a lot of other stuff that i want to get into but like okay i want into mormon cuisine which is really funny to me like i think the stereotype is that mormons really like green jello which does seem true but there's also this dish called funeral potatoes which is basically like kind of like a shaved up potatoes au gratin that they serve at funerals in mormon culture and it looks really really good that made me kind of hungry. Whoa. Yeah, and dirty sodas, obviously. I just feel like it's a very, yeah, Midwestern-esque. <laughs> I don't know why I associate like Jello with the Midwest. And but I think it's just that level or that era of domesticity vibes. And like, like the life stuff the you like to feed a big family. The lifestyle labor. Like I uh saw a TikTok of a girl explaining, which I haven't fact-checked this, but that the boom of gelatin aspects, gel- you know, shrimp inside of a, a, a jello mold in the 50s and 60s was because everything got so easy for housewives. <laughs> like they made so many appliances and there was more ready made food than ever. So women still felt like they had to do something essentially to like demonstrate their domestic skills. They wanted to make it add some pizzazz to the no, table. like they're like they're like we need to make it hard still. So like you have to <laughs> assemble this like disgusting banana cocktail weenie gelatin tower. So I wonder if that kind of applies as well. My dad low key loves food like that. Um, That's cool. Like he, I think it's, he like it's loves really amazing. Meatloaf, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I, because I think that type of food is good. He's like a real boomer, you know. Right. He's a real boomer, yeah. yeah. Yes, he is. He's a tried and true boomer. Also, yeah, I was browsing like BYU academic articles and there's like a ton 
of like Mormon aesthetic theory articles that were really good. Like there's this one called Toward a Mormon Aesthetic and it was so wacky and weird. And then I started getting into like Mormon cosmology and that's when I started getting scared because I started getting scared that like Mm. one day I would surprisingly like convert to Mormonism, which I don't want to, you know, but I started getting scared that I was going to like brain fuck myself into <laughs> becoming Mormon and that's when I stopped researching. Yeah, because I think honestly people like us who like kooky lore, like the magical realism of it, mm-hmm. I think they should use that as a selling point. Like it's obviously kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's and like I unique think we... how recent it is and like how, like it's just crazy to think of something like a prophet that's so recent who was like so convincing. Do Catholics become Mormons often? Uh, That's a good question. I would think not. But after reading into like Mormon cosmology and Mormon aesthetic theory, I did kind of see where that could happen. I I found an avenue for that to occur. And that's when I was like shutting the door on Mormonism. But it's really interesting if you like thought experiments to read about Mormon cosmology. I don't know if I should, (laughs) if I should um, promote that on the pod because I'm scared. I'm going to accidentally do some of the work the Mormon church I just realized that you're talking about cosmology because I was thinking you were talking about like cosmetology. Like how they do their their hair and their makeup. (laughs) Oh, that that too is very interesting. Cosmetology is a new cosmology. I agree. It, It basically is. I think like Mormons, that's another thing too is like I was looking at a lot of photos of Mormon influencers and like they're not very clean girl. Like there aren't a lot of girls in Mormonism like I thought there would be more of it because of the healthy lifestyle influencing plus outdoorsy Utah vibe combo but you don't ever see Mormon girls with slick back buns and matching sweatsuits unless they're Taylor Frankie Paul which I don't even know if she's actually Mormon like I don't believe a word that that woman says but like it's very very high effort but natural you know your hair has to be long and luxurious and luscious which I also read on Reddit that a lot of Mormon women have long fine luxurious hair is because there's a lot of like Scandinavian people in Utah do with that information what you will but yeah like it's it's very high effort like in general the presentation and I kind of respect that yeah there's often something like whilst it is very perfect in appearance Mormons are not afraid to get a little raggedy with it like they obviously as we discussed pioneered the the braid trends on social the braid the idea of like complex braids right but many mm-hmm. of those rely on like back teasing volume weird poofs of hair and that sort of thing so they're not always like you know tight french braids they have a certain unruliness sometimes to them they mm-hmm. also over intersects with mormon bohoism which you know I actually follow this girl who is ex-Mormon and I know her sister but she has had a kind of like a few hustles and her her she's a stay-at-home mom but her most recent one is palm reading and I wonder if that has to do with like the cosmology interest and yeah, if that's, if that's common within Mormon 
women or ex-Mormon women to lean into that side of spirituality? I wouldn't. That would be interesting. There's definitely, like, in Mormon cosmology, like, the idea of, like, worlds and kingdoms and, like, you know, that exist outside of Earth. But, yeah, I don't know. I, can't, I actually couldn't imagine the actual kind of Mormon church being very approving of palm reading and, like, Esoteric tarot. stuff, yeah. Yeah, but I also don't know. that That's, that's a really interesting kind but of question, But also, like, though. Joseph Smith himself was kind of, like, a mystic, so I feel like maybe they are... Like, I don't think they have that fundy vibe of, like, you know, Harry Potter's witchcraft type of thing. Um, yeah. I think they're quite, like, sturdy in their faith and, like, don't perceive a lot of stuff as, like, threatening. Necessarily. Yeah. I feel like that's why, that's another part of their, like, assimilation tactic is that they are way more, like, optimistic and more, like, pro their culture than, like, an- anti-anything else. I guess they have a reputation for being, like, anti-gay, but, like, their antis are so not a part of their messaging. They also very controversially have very racist history. Yeah. That's why the genealogy thing kind of, like, sketches me out, because I do think there's, Mm -hmm. like... I do think that has reasons, like... Eugenic style. Yeah, it's a little weird. But, yeah, like, I was really surprised to hear that the Mormon church owns so much genealogical information. Like, if you get, if you, like, study your own genealogy or try to compose some sort of, like, genealogical family tree of your own, the chances are that most of the information that you are going to be sifting through is owned by the Mormon church. What the hell? Like, literally, like, the large, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the largest genealogical archive known to man. They, like, own it. They own, like... I think it's like 8 billion people or something. Like information on 8, 8 billion. 8 billion people? Yeah, yeah. That's like, like the entire 8 billion world. dead people. Yeah, but dead people. So oh, Okay, dead people. I thought you meant like yeah. like information currently. <laughs> no, like 8, 8 billion like dead people. Information on Yeah. yeah. So it's like <laughs> they own a lot of genealogical info and like a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, like it's so freaky. It's like on this in this enormous vault on the side of a mountain that's like one of the most impenetrable vaults that have, were ever created it's like a vault of granite and it's like really spooky it's very like bond villain but yeah the heist I, wa- I watched oceans 11 last night so now i'm trying to think of like the heist on the mormon vault that Whoa. i would want to perform for the for the Sam, they would they would kill you they would, they would crush <laughs> they me would. with granite yeah i don't even want to know you wouldn't make it out alive there. If George Clooney and Brad Pitt were on my side, and Bernie Mac and Don Cheadle and Elliot Gold and Matt Damon, I feel like we could all do what it. What Mormon together. celebrities are there? Donnie Osmond. Derek and Julianne Hough. David Archuleta. Um, there actually aren't like a so lot Catherine of Mormon Heigl celebrities. Mormon. Oh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling was Mormon. Yeah, but David yeah, Archuleta yeah. is Mormon. He's correct. No, I think he, he left. Is. He came out as gay recently. Um, he did. Yeah. I thought he always. I always thought he was gay. Damn. I mean, yeah, yeah, but he wouldn't. He didn't actually ever... I won't give a personal anecdote about that. But a lot of that's like the Book of Mormon vibe. Like the South Park thing is that they're also gay coded. But it's because mm-hmm. they're so sweet. Mm-hmm. Like Mormon masculinity is like built different. Yeah. Like it's yeah. quite feminine. Yeah. It's like Ned Flanders core, you know, like 
maybe Mormon masculinity can fix the masculinity crisis because I feel like they really are in touch with their feminine side. Oh, wow. Gladys Knight is actively Mormon. That's interesting. I don't know who that is. She's a singer. Um, Also, Margaret Thatcher has an honorary degree from Brigham Young University for some reason. They just were playing around. (laughs) Yeah, well, she, like, went there and gave some, like, important speech. Yeah, she she went and accepted it and gave some, like, important speech that, like, is taught to Mormons. (laughs) I don't know. So she's, like, an honorary Mormon. She was desperate. Which she was, dude. There kind of, like, aren't a lot of Mormon celebrities relative to their, um, the way they look. Which they're famously like. That's why they're having to make their own. Yes, yeah. but not. I mean, none of the Mormon influencers have ever had that trajectory of breaking out into the into mainstream Hollywood. I don't think. In the way, like an Addison Maybe Ray Nora or something. Yeah, keep your eye on her. I'd say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose Lucky Lucky Blue Smith, but he wasn't an influencer. He was just a model. What else? Mm, Mormon architecture. I want to have an extended discussion about this in the Discord because there's this like crazy like Art in America article that I found on Mormon architecture, especially Mormon temple architecture, um, which is surprisingly very space agey and bizarre, kind of giving Scientology. They're mostly all white. Um, cause Mormons have like a very strong cultural tie to the color or religious tie to the color white, which symbolizes purity. And yeah, like very cool. I think, yeah, really. They love imposed, light blue too. Light blue. Yeah. Fresh, clean, powdery. They love that color. We should do a Mormon fragrance. <gasps> Ooh, it's going to smell like funeral potatoes and beachy waves. I bet it was um, yelling <laughs> The the Mormon masculinity thing is interesting because I am um, one of my favorite throwback influencers who I have mentioned on the podcast before is a woman called Aspen Ovard, who was one of the first beauty gurus when she was really young. And her she's either ex-Mormon or I don't I don't think she's still Mormon, but she's from Utah. And her husband Parker is they, they got married really, really young. They're having their third child. He also is, like, very sweet and, like, very supportive. And for the longest time, he was, like, her assistant, basically, for making content. Which, I guess, also ties back into the idea that, like, mm, whilst these women are stay-at-home mothers, they're, like, bringing in so much to the household through their ability to captivate via their beauty and their, their lifestyle labor. She has an alternative sister, Named um, Avery, Ooh. who is like, is she uh, think I don't think she's Mormon either, but she uh, went down like the alternative ballet flat route, and hmm. I like I like keeping up with her. Like she posted like the dare, I think, on her, her no story. Um, yeah, Avery Ovard. But another thing I was interested in is what like, what are the actual consequences of this like will people because sam you mentioned like mormons obviously want people to become mormon and i was speaking with a listener of the 
podcast, Liliana, recently. And she, we were talking about like the phenomenon of God posting and the cultural cachet of um, demonstrating like Christian values in some, in some aesthetic way. And she's like 20, I think. And she was saying, she know this is in England. So like not a very Christian place. She was saying that she's like seeing people that she knows, like start going to church and stuff like that, or like join youth groups basically. And she said like growing up, that would have never been a thing at all. That would have been like considered really unusual. So I wonder if there is like any potential for people to become Mormons or if it's just too geographically uh, segmented off because it is so tied to a certain part of the world. Yeah. I mean, that's a very real phenomenon. All of my, I don't have a single friend under the age of 23 who doesn't go to church, which is crazy, and doesn't go to Bible study or youth group or something along those lines. But it's so unusual in the UK, though. Like, I feel like it really... The fact that it's happening here, like, really means something. Yeah. Because it's just such a not-Christian place. Yeah. That is impressive. That is really interesting. I mean, the the esotericness, I think we even discussed this, like, a couple years ago. And, like, I think, Biz, you said, like, people are going to start becoming Mormon. And I was like... Yeah, actually, huh. I was... Am I, just, I, I think you I did say, you did say like this. That. Yeah, you said but, something like this, and I was like, huh. And then after reading, like, about Mormon cosmology, Mormon aesthetic theory, like, and all of this, like, weird esoteric shit, it's so, yeah. Like, this is the, if, <laughs> if like, Mormons want to, like, proselytize to a kind of untouched, kind of silent group, majority, I don't know if it's majority, but, like, a kind of an untouched group, I feel like they go to kind of, like, alternative teens and youths of Gen Z, like they would do well to kind of uh, forefront some of the wackier and kookier sides of their, their theology. Yeah. I think I did actually make a prediction about this in the Christian Girl Autumn episode. I was like, it's going to go from, it's going to go from like Catholic to Protestant, which we've seen to Mormon. Mm -hmm. To Mormon, yeah. I, yeah, I'd be really interested to see. I think we're going to, I think we're going to circle back though and like, see people become more interested in the traditional fundamentalist Mormon aesthetics as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I could definitely see girls doing those those poofy braids that are not necessarily, like, the the fishtail braids. And the prairie dress will never leave us, guys. She won't. Yeah, we're always going to have that. Yeah. I mean, the there's tons of tum I'll link a bunch of tumblers that I found just dedicated to fundamentalist Mormon aesthetics. And it's all very, like, creepy kind of, like, cursed image type shit you know what I mean photos of like the FLDS kind of aesthetic is very like Chris Maggio you know what I mean like it's all very like I feel like this yeah this is gonna be a thing and it's weird because it's yeah already Mormonism has touched so many sides of our existing culture like definitely behind the Ray Dunn pottery craze in older millennial women Definitely were the girls holding down the blowouts, even when those were not no longer in style. And I think probably wait, behind is, their return, you know? Wait, do you remember my prediction for the, like, pastel, whimsical Christianity aesthetic? Oh, yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, that's what this that's is. That's very that, which I feel like is also kind of Priscilla. 
Mm. But like the, the definitely like, I didn't add any photos like this to the Pinterest because I felt like it was too fucked up. But yeah, definitely like most of the yeah, photos those, that like, I find. Photos. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's some really dark ones. Like it's kind of, it could go, it could take a dark turn quickly. Like kind of yeah. photos of the teen brides with Warren Jeffs doing like glamour shot type like those photo shoots girls, together. Those Tumblr girls. Yeah, like they'll, the they'll get into trauma it. core girls. They're yeah. They I guess for the for the listeners, we, yeah. Today we're not speaking on the potential crimes of the the Mormon Church. We're just talking about their we're not their consumer culture. Wait, another thing that I think people are going to be annoyed if you don't mention, but like I don't watch the show is like uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh yeah, but I don't know anything about what's going on with them. Yeah, I haven't really gotten around to it. I think something happened, spoiler alert to those who do watch, um, something happened where like one of the people on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was behind like a snark blog. Really? And she was just like, yeah, and it was like this huge, like very dramatic reveal or whatever. She was posting about the doodle. She was the doodle expert. (laughs) (laughs) She's the doodle expert, yeah. I haven't gotten around to watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but people say that's like one of the best... Real Housewives spin off. Maybe I'll watch that. That actually sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, it's on my list. I actually can't believe how much of like part of my adolescence I spent under the influence of Mormons and ex-Mormons and what that did to me. Yeah. Like it made you brush your hair all the time. Like a princess. So true. (laughs) That's so true. Um I wasn't brushing my hair at the time, so it's probably why I got some beef going with Mm. them. But I will say, like, as a as a person of lived Mormon experience the they have like <laughs> i don't know they this fits in with i think a lot of the traits that we associate with these types of influencers but they're really 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 into positive thinking and like they were some of the yeah. first people i met they were into like manifestation and using thoughts to kind of like control your life i'm telling you they have esoterica vibes like mysticism is like their jam but they all they're like also so like capitalistic like the the people that I was friends with they oh god it's all like I'm having mm-hmm. so many flashbacks right now like anyways I remember one person in particular who was a male model like the first person I had a relationship with really talking about how he wants his family to have a wikipedia page and his family dude that's so yeah. mormon well, listen to this. And also, genealogy his, core. his parents made their money through an MLM. Uh-huh. And Dude. so it's like, I'm a person of lived I mean, Mormon experience. MLMs are like... They MLMs really are. do have a genealogical kind of like... Yes, structure. Because you, like, yeah, someone begot you and you begot, like, another branch of people. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. like, they just, like, they, they look the of- same way that, like, a genealogical chart looks, kind of. Yeah. Anyways. And they'd be selling essential oils. Yeah, that was something in the article that Biz linked, a really great Allure article. Yeah, there this was is actually a good article. Like the-, the, the writer went to Utah to investigate for a print issue. So we should definitely link it. He is really good. Really good. But like the writer, apparently when she arrived in Utah, the taxi driver was like, are you here for that essential oils conference? And she was like, no. But yeah, they they definitely be selling essential oils um, out of their houses. 
No, yeah, mm. it's really interesting. Yeah, millennials definitely had their moment where Mormonism really kind of insidiously crept into their liberal households. And I wonder what that's going to look like for Gen Z. But Nara Smith being kind of like the for at the for, at the forefront of this kind of makes me think it's going to like more, more Mormons are low key like not esoteric to their core. Like I feel like Mormon people are very normy and yeah. I mean, I went to that conference and I expected it to be like way more cool, but like the testimonies were so mid. Tbh, it was a guy being like. I went to this party and everyone was drinking alcohol and then I didn't drink it. And my friends were like, how do you stay so strong? And I'm like, it's because I love God. Like there was nothing really convincing. It's because these kids live such like low risk lifestyles, like in born again, Christian spheres. Like that's when you hear really crazy shit. Like, oh, I crashed my car and then I saw an angel type of thing. But like their relationship to religion is, yeah, not anything stunning from what I observed. There's also a lot of like controversy about whether or not Mormons are Christians. I know that that's... I mean, like the Joseph Smith thing is quite like idolatrous vibes. Yeah. Like... And they believe in Jesus and it's like the Bible, right? But like kind of revised by Joseph Smith and... It's restorationist. Yeah, I, I, the revisionist history of... But that's kind of... I mean, Christianity is kind of that same thing. Where it's like Jesus is like the revisionist historian of the Old Testament. But yeah, yeah I saw an article... Uh, on in the New York Times op-ed section that was like, I'm a Mormon, not a Christian, and that's okay. But I didn't read it, so. <laughs> well, well, I want to we give a shout up? out. Um, yeah, before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out to a movie that is about Mormonism, which is called mm. Electric Children. It mm. stars the actress Julia Garner as a Mormon runaway. And the actor Rory Culkin is also, or, yeah, Rory Culkin is also in it. And it has a banger of a soundtrack. It is a great kind of like coming of age, magical realism movie. And yeah, if you're looking for something to, I guess, demonstrate some of the visuals we talked about today in terms of the more old school Mormon aesthetics, that's a good one, I think. It's a great movie. I, I can't it. wait to watch it. It was really good. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was a Tumblr classic. I mean... It also had neon lighting and heart-shaped glasses. So, like, need I say I'm, more? I'm so excited to watch this. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, I might watch it tonight yeah. as well. Would, would you rather? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, would you rather? Okay. Would you mm. rather have to perform a heist on the Mormon genealogical archive on the side of a mountain with Taylor Frankie Paul? Or with Brigham Young? Mm. Brigham Young was like the original organizer slash leader of like the Exodus movement of the people. So I feel like he could really do like a heist with like an Ocean Elevens type group. I feel like he would really be helpful. Taylor Frankie Mm -hmm. Paul would just be cracked out. Like if you needed kind of like a renegade to like throw herself through a window, she would do it. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm so so much Adderall or something. The, yeah, yeah. She, she used her hair extensions as a rope. I feel like we've brought that up for something else before. Yeah. They both seem like, I mean, she's very athletic, though. She has a very muscular yeah. body. But yeah, I don't know that she'd be the best collaborator. I agree. And Bring she doesn't young. have a university named after her. Mm-hmm. 
Brigham Young looks like a sturdy fellow. You know what I mean? Like, look at that. Damn. He's standing on his own two feet. Yeah. (laughs) Would you guys rather be Rumble Honey Smith or Slim Easy Smith? Honestly, Slim Easy. I'm going to go with Rumble Honey, honestly. I feel like it's, um, mm. I could be a really good, like, professional wrestler. Like, rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's so real. <laughs> like, I just, like. I think if I were Slim Easy, if that were my name as a girl, I would be a butch lesbian. Yeah, dude. It would be stud. Stud vibes. Yeah. Um, I love mon- really like, cool. having, I love having a monosyllabic name. So I understand the appeal of being named Slim for sure. And that's so like 20s flapper or like mm-hmm. yeah. 20th century socialite. Wait, who was there? Imagine someone's your name and you weren't skinny. That would be But that's so hard. funny. That's almost like 1920s, 30s, like slapstick yeah, it's like humor. Fast that is that <laughs> thing, yeah. Um <laughs> I like just think fatty Slim is like fatty, Slim. fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> is I, I think a real person. I think. Yeah, he, I always encounter him on like true crime, like dark side of Hollywood stuff because he, um, he was a molester or something. <gasps> yeah. Um, I think Slim Easy is like objectively like a better name. Like I think it will stand the test of time more uh, than Rumble. Yeah. Also. I just think of crumble cookies when I hear rumble honey because <laughs> crumble is also a Mormon or crumble cookies is also like a Mormon output. The founder right. of crumbles Mormon. I love how much really? Mormons love sugar. Like, yeah, I think that that's why Taylor Frankie Paul is always so hyper. She's on a sugar crash. Guys, it's literally proof that sugar doesn't give you cancer though. Like they are so healthy. That's why they're so healthy looking. Mm-hmm. And they don't have cystic acne. Maybe they do. None of them do, yeah. Well, no. No, they don't. Yeah, I'm still standing by Rumble, honey. Like, it just, I feel like the theatrical potential of that, like, I would definitely be either, like, a boxer or, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, and I could come up with this cutesy kind of, like, feminine persona because of the honey thing, you know? I just, the possibilities are endless, so. Guys, did we ever get to the bottom of why Mormon baby names are the way they are. I'm sure there's many articles about it. I actually know. We didn't. I think it's because when you have so many kids, you really got to just start making shit up. And also, you have a bunch of kids. Everyone else has a bunch of kids. You got to. Like, you don't want to have too like, fresh. Yeah. Too like, like two Lilas. Slims. Yeah. Oh my God. I bet it's like a really <laughs> big deal if you have the same name. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Would, Maybe um, I would name my Mormon us. kid Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Oh my god. Peppa Pig. <laughs> I'm so excited to see what Nara's kid's name is going to be. Yeah, she's she's been posting about it. That's another people thing people have been clowning her on is her um, potential baby names. Oh yeah. I yeah, that, that one blew up. But I think people should be more op- open-minded. Like, yeah. It's really not that deep because yeah. you don't live in Utah. Mm-hmm. But let's see what what her options were. Odie, Pepper, Dawn for a girl. Cherry as a middle name. But Lucky Blue doesn't like that. Bubble as a middle name. 
Bubble. I like, I like bubbles. Bubbles. Crazy. bubble. Uh, for boys, he, she likes the name Frosty. Frosty. <laughs> oh my god. S- Sunny Silver Zen. I would say hers are actually Zin? like more conservative. I would say. I don't know. It's just such a risk to name your kid Frosty. Like, if this is a person that you don't know anything about. I feel like it sounds yeah. like a drug dealer name. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like, like that actually speaks yeah. to their <laughs> their sense of community, though. Like, they can't imagine their kid having a life where they're in a, a, a situation where, they where, their, name, <laughs> where, their, name, where their, their name would be so unusual. And But they live in Texas. Good God. Yeah, Texas is kind of ghetto. I feel like Do you think she's going to homeschool. Uh, I don't know because her kids are. I think one of them is getting to. N- no, maybe not. They're not there yet. I think one is maybe mm. two years old, so there's like a bit of time. But I think she will probably homeschool them. Yeah, because that seems to be like her inspiration is to provide that kind of care in the home. Yeah. Anyways, as someone who comes from a family of incredibly unique and bizarre names going back hundreds of years i have bunk happy those are things i have to, cho- <laughs> I have to, I have to choose from from if i want to name my kids something that is a family name so I, I i find a lot of whimsy in this so i recommend people start that trend in their own genealogy to like um yeah to name their kids something wacky you guys heard my uncle Light. Like his name is Light, and that's like, very Mormon. That sounding. was like a family. That that's like that a like sounds name. like it's Zen like, and Silver. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Frosty Light, Light. Frosty yeah. Light, Biz mm. Sherbert. That is a really. I cute... mean, yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah. My name spans cultures in terms of its how it resonates. I think it's so great. Yeah. Thank okay. You. Maybe I'll do one. Would you rather? Would you rather go to polygamous braiding boot camp and get really good at hair braiding, or um, join an MLM that sells Stanley Cup accessories? Really, like hair braiding. I'm so I think I have them I think I have Mormon hair type my hair is really fine but like thick the color of it is very Mormon well thanks um I and I can't braid it because it's too like slippery because it's too fine so I need to have their but techniques that's why they like, create yeah that's why they create these intricate things because like and it's the, the back like, teases as well so that probably helps yeah. a lot mm-hmm. yeah so I, I could really use their help because my whole life I've really struggled with this department um, and I actually don't think I'd be that good at being in an MLM because I'm not extroverted. And I feel like that's like the main characteristic you need to have. It just sounds like a lot of work to be in an MLM. Like, it, it just, I don't, I also like don't like going to people's houses who I don't know that well. Like that to me, it kind of terrifies me. Like I in theory, it sounds cool because you get to see like what their inside of their house looks like. But something about just like knocking door to door. I don't know if that's that type of MLM that I would be participating in, but like that just strikes some fear in my heart. Like I don't like invading people's private spaces, but yeah, braiding hair. I'm already pretty good at braiding hair, but I feel like I could really eat it up and become a celebrity hairstylist. 
if the Mormon girls got their hands on me. The Kardashians hairstylist, Jen Atkin, is was raised Mormon. <gasps> oh my god, that is so yeah. funny. And she's like she's like a hair mogul now. And actually she's made some interesting comments about why Mormons are so involved in the influencer industry and um beauty. So yeah, interesting to think about. What about you, Alexi? What would you want to do? Um, the Stanley Cup accessories, TBH, like, I feel like I would love some sales experience in that department. <laughs> yeah, I do think, like, working sales, like, actual sales. I would cold call. Builds a, it, like, builds a skill that most people don't have, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always, like, a, I'm always a person that has, like, weird gadgets and accessories, and people ask me about them, and then I, like, really sell them on them. Mm. Hmm. This is true about you, yeah. Yeah, like my AirPods case that looked like a piece of um, roast pork. <sighs> I remember that, yeah. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I do. No, but I wish I had seen that. It was so good. That sounds delicious and really cool. What type of MLM would you guys have? You had to have one. I don't want to do anything like food related. I honestly think makeup. Yeah, I was about to say cosmetics. Like that one makeup company that's an MLM uh, that's like the Demi Beauty thing where it, like they use little like paint pots of different colors and like you do your whole face with like a tiny paintbrush. I would totally join that. I think it's that so real. so cute. You know what I think is the funniest MLM is is the door-to-door knife salesman. Oh my God. Like can you imagine? Like that is such a bad idea on that so would many be fun, levels. Though, like, like the demos. Like I would love something I could demo. I really would not want to do anything that has to do with like molecular biology. I don't want to do anything with like skincare or hair care. Like I just want something where you can do like a stunning before and after that convinces people. Yeah. But yeah, kitchen stuff is great. But like letting a stranger with a bag of knives like into your home. Like who's gonna do that? You know what well, I mean? It's because for some reason all the cut coat MLM people were like teenagers. So I feel like they yeah. Yeah, they let teens do it. They didn't even know how to murder. But I think that actually this is not necessarily what I, I think I would want to do an MLM for perfumes because I don't think they have those. And but I think the the MLM that would actually perform the best in our current day and age is a kind of actual classic MLM sort of thing, which is color analysis. So doing color mm. sequence. Oh, yeah. But that's obviously oh. not, like, there's not, like, a quick sell, sell there. That's, I guess you could sell, like, makeup or that sort of thing. But um, that is definitely highly in demand right now. So. Yeah. That we could sell dark femininity kits. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's, like, a vial to get your crush's blood in or something. Yeah. Red nail polish. Um, <laughs> white eyeliner white eyeliner um a uh mewing it's like, fa- it's like face tape to like lift up your face tape. Your, <laughs> exactly. your face to give you um a high cantle tilt oh um, dark all yeah. right well thanks everyone for listening this week i think sam did you already answer these questions or ask these questions or oh no one of them well okay, okay. for the discord I just wanted to ask, like, are you Mormon? Have you ever been Mormon? Drop us a line. We'd love to talk to you about your experience. 
I know that there's going to be people in the discord that have a lot to say about TikTok heterosexual relationship discourse. Like I know y'all have thoughts. So I would love to talk a little bit more about that. Lastly, space age Mormonism. Does anyone have any thoughts? I do. I will share them, but let me know what you think. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to y'all about this. Um, We'll throw yes. in stuff that we forgot to mention too, which I I'm think sure I'd there's, also there's love a lot to of that. Hear but, um, if anyone has really gotten into the dirty soda consumption, because mm-hmm. as you know, we're very pro Coca Cola on this show. Yeah, but I've actually been thinking like a lot about what I would like to have for a dirty soda. And yeah, I'd love to know if anyone's been mixing them up at home or actually if you have a Stanley cup, but that'd be interesting to hear about because mm. they're definitely not like a thing in the UK, but if it's something you get, you, fi- you find yourself finding joy in, I love to hear about it. Yay. Yay. Wait, also I recommend kind of, I don't know. I, it feels like I need to do more of a deep dive because they might have some sketchy beliefs, but there's this mormon like blog called rational faiths subtitle keeping mormonism weird and it's like wow. they have a really broad spectrum of like mormon perspectives and like the people who write it seem to be mormons but they're like super critical of the church and they like post a lot of goofy gifts that have like top text bottom text like they're kind of like mormon meme lords that are relatively behind in the culture but like i'm i've been interested in reading what they have to say like they post some of the like kooky kind of like funny critical stuff of like the book of mormon it's like mormon in humor which i like wow yeah okay well, well thanks everyone for listening yeah we can't wait to talk to you guys about mormonism mm-hmm. maybe someone can mansplain or womansplain real housewives of salt lake city to us and it's how it affects mormonism's legacy and the legacy yes. of the real housewives franchise yeah mm-hmm can't wait for to start this new year of podcasting oh my God, we, have yeah, we have a lot, lot of, of good ideas we do we have like a treasure trove of amazing episodes coming up i'm not i know that sounds so mlm of me to say but it's true <laughs> um so yeah, yeah like, you're like, we have a mountainside vault of amazing episodes coming <laughs> here. We do. it's true it feels like we do yeah yeah okay all right yeah bye guys thank you love bye. you bye